In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending September the 16th, Bayer and Monsanto announced this week that they've signed an agreement to merge the two companies together. Bayer will acquire Monsanto for $128 per share in an all-cash transaction. Monsanto's Board of Directors, Bayer's Board of Management, and Bayer's Supervisory Board have all unanimously approved the merger agreement. The transaction brings together two different but complementary businesses together under one umbrella. The new company will have Monsanto's expertise in seeds and traits, as well as its Climate Corporation platform and Bayer's broad crop protection product line that covers a wide range of crops. Bayer intends to finance the deal through a combination of debt and equity. Of course, not everyone is pleased with the idea of this merger, and that includes the National Farmers Union. Their president, Roger Johnson, said consolidation of this magnitude cannot be the standard for agriculture, nor should we allow it to determine the landscape of agriculture. He said farm and ranch families have been on Capitol Hill asking members of Congress to conduct hearings to review the staggering amount of pending merger deals in agriculture today. Well, due to the concerns about the possible reintroduction of foot and mouth disease, many in the cattle industry are very concerned with the U.S. importing beef from Brazil. If you remember, back in early August, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food and Safety Inspection Service announced that the U.S. will resume importing fresh, frozen, or chilled beef products from Brazil. Gary Crawford reports that Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack had a response this week to those concerns. In a meeting with hundreds of National Farmers Union members in Washington this week, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack was asked by several farmers not to go through with a plan to allow beef from Brazil into the U.S. for fear of foot and mouth disease. His reply... We're going to have to have a... a a disagreement about this. Vilsack said first nothing's going to come into the U.S. until U.S. experts working in Brazil now complete their risk assessments. Secondly, he said if we want other nations like China to use science to allow our beef into their country, we have to do the same in reverse. You know, it's really irritating to me, to be honest with you, when folks come into my office and say, open up that market, get that beef into the country, do whatever you have to do, but oh, by the way, don't let anything come into our country. I can't make the case in any other country to open up their market unless I'm willing to show a willingness to do it, if it's safe, if it's appropriate, all of all those caveats. And that safety assessment for Brazilian beef is still going on. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. Thanks, Gary. In other news, U.S. peanut exports keep setting new records. As for the year, they were up 64.1%, with the value of those exports coming in at just over $804 million. That's up 23%. Tyron Spearman has more details. Well, exports has been in the news this past year for peanut farmers, and the numbers just keep increasing. USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service has just released the 12-month exports of peanuts from August through July 2016. The total U.S. exports keep setting the records, and for the year, exports are up 64.1%, over 609,000 metric tons. In shells were triple in July and now up 148% for the year. The big buyer on in shells, China. Number two, Vietnam. Number three, Germany. Number four, Canada. They said raw shell peanuts are also up 23.1%. 23.1% on raw shell means Canada is still number one, Mexico number two, Vietnam number three, and China number four. They all keep bringing in more of the USA peanuts. China and Vietnam are the key leaders, but Canada keeps buying raw shell and peanut butter. Peanut butter sales were up 11.7%, with Canada the big leader. They had almost 16,000 metric tons for the year. 
Overall, though, value of the exports over $804 million, up 23%. And they say that supplies are certainly to tighten up now with the big exports. Overall, exporting 64.1% more peanuts this year than last year. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Well, South Georgia farmer Randy Dowdy is the new world record holder for soybean yields, and the Brooks County, Georgia farmer was recently recognized for that. He produced 171.8 bushels per acre of soybeans, which is 10 bushels more than the previous record holder. Dowdy also holds the world record in corn yields. And now here's our weekly Georgia Grow Moment. This week on your Georgia Grown Moment, we have Misty Friedman with Georgia's Feed My School program. Beginning in 2016, Commissioner Gary Black began the 2020 Vision for School Nutrition. This is the plan by school year 2020, 20% of every meal served every day will be a minimum of 20% of Georgia products. The way we're doing this, we're connecting communities, growers, grocery, and produce vendors along with our schools to put more Georgia products in front of our students daily. Along with the Commissioner and Georgia Superintendent Richard Woods and the Department of Public Health along with Dr. Fitzgerald, we're working along with a committee of students, parents, growers, vendors, school leaders, state leaders, along with school nutrition personnel in every district across the state to make the 2020 vision a reality. This is only growing on the strength of the Georgia Ground program and the recognition of the Georgia Grown logo and really putting this in front of our students and educating our students about the importance of agriculture in the state of Georgia. Look for this in a school cafeteria near you. For more information about the Feed My School program, visit feedmyschool.org. Well, Kathy Isom tells you about the new online tools that's been designed to beef up your learning experience in the field and on the farm. For the past couple of years, the American Farm Bureau Foundation has partnered with the Beef Checkoff, offering beef education resources. AFB Foundation Executive Director Julie Tesh says now a new webpage will be added. It's called On the Farm and in the field beef learning experience. And the great thing is, is there's a video on there showing our participants from all across the country, but then there's free resources for anybody to use. We have two new online games there, and then also activity sheets, lesson plans, the whole nine yards. Tess said it's designed especially for teachers who don't have a lot of experience with agriculture. Because we want to expose them to agriculture from our viewpoint in an accurate way and show them how to integrate agriculture into their classrooms in science classrooms, especially in high school. She describes what the kids will learn when they play two online games on the website. In one of them, they're learning about beef cattle. They're learning about rate of gain. They're learning about pasturing and how much land a heifer or a steer needs um, to be raised. And so they're using critical math skills, critical thinking skills. And then another game, they're learning about nutrition of beef and, and learning about the environment and how we're good stewards of the land. Also available, e-readers, family guides, and lesson plans. Tesh said the foundation is hoping to work with more commodity groups in a similar fashion in the future. To learn more, go to agfoundation.org forward slash on the farm. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Ever Grinder talks about the corn crop and the market. Just recently, I had a report that stated the U.S. produces half the corn in the world. Now, you might wonder why when prices fluctuate so much from year to year. But here we go again. Early reports indicate farmers planted 93 million acres of corn this year. Harvest is now underway, and 
when it's over, we should have about the same size crop we had last year. Since acreage was up, that means the yield will probably be about uh, the same as last year, but not enough to affect the market price range already projected. Farmers know that market time is not the best time to sell their crop. That's why most of them goes into storage until the trends start to develop. So what does it look like for this year? Experts won't say, but growers are willing to wait and watch the futures market. That's what they do anyway. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Grinder, Southeast Agnet. Those reports and more from this past week can be found at our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.